Hi, and welcome to To Be Read, the podcast where we talk about books and drink alcohol in my closet. I am Katie Willey. I'm Sarah Westcott. And welcome back. So I need to address the elephant in the closet first before we even get into this week's episode. Um, I somehow do not know the author of my favorite book. <laughs> so Lewis Carroll is the author of Alice in Wonderland. and Not C.S. Lewis. <laughs> nope, definitely not C.S. Lewis. However, his real name is also, not also, is actually Charles Dodgson. So I did have almost his almost his real name yeah, right you were for correct the on wrong that part. author right yes. exactly i also said iris johansson's name incorrect that's um, not a big deal she's got a hard name got a whole i made her related to scarlet i think really i think so scarlet yeah. johansson <laughs> um so as as a person that is a contributor to this podcast i need you to repeat after me only you're going to use your name instead of my name you ready i'm ready i i katie willie sarah westcott Solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. I will be more accurate with titles, authors, because what the fuck. I will be more accurate with authors, titles, because what the fuck. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. That's our new oath. Yes. I promise to do better. I think it's a good idea. Um, More research, but on our first episode, in our intro episode, it wasn't really necessary, I guess, because we were talking about stuff that we liked, but... Mistakes were made. Yes. No big deal. Yes. Anyway. And I would love to call this Corrections Corner, but it's never going to happen again, so we don't need a corner. Hopefully not. Woo! Yes. Um. So, Katie, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. We uh, went to my parents, and then we went to my grandma's, and then we went to my in-laws. A lot of traveling around. Yes, but they're all five minutes apart, so oh, that's it really not wasn't a big deal. Yeah. It was, a, yeah. it was a good day spent with a lot of family. I love it. How about you? It's good. It was good. Uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, um, and I get to cook, so everybody comes to me, which is nice. Uh, this year, it was just my parents, John's parents, and us and the kids, and so it was nice and small, and lots of alcohol. No sister? No sister. No mm-hmm. sister this year. No, she was, um, it was the boyfriend's year this year, so. Got it. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anything else going on? We just got back from a Packers game. Katie yeah. traveled all the way to Green Bay. Yes. That's yes. awesome. We stayed with friends that we met on a cruise seven years ago. Lovely. And a house, and we had a blast. That's and pretty cool. brought the kids. One of my child's is now a Packers fan and absolutely had a fantastic time, and the other one had a really expensive Candy Crush seat for the entire game. I can imagine yep. which ones that was. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's cool. Five years is too young to go to a football game it's tough it's really tough um i mean i think me personally i would probably have been sitting there playing candy crush the entire time as well so Uh, it's so much fun it was such a good it was a good game i love sporting events i love live sporting events but there's just something about football i just i don't care about that's just that's just me when you're like right there and they score a touchdown like right in front of you oh i I hear you i hear you fantastic yeah that's awesome it's cool and the roar of the crowd you know yeah. Oh, I got that. Yeah. Well, that's just, I'm a basketball person. I love live yeah, basketball so games. So, yeah. Um, any, are you currently reading anything other than podcast books? I am not reading anything other than podcast books. So just a lot of homework. We got a lot of homework yeah, here, guys. <laughs> so, I, I, I have three overdue library books that are really, really overdue, and I don't want to give them back because I will read them at some point. Um, yeah. I think once we start getting these out on a regular basis, because we're hoping to, 
release them every two weeks. Absolutely. Which is more than enough time for each of us to read whatever book it is that we're going to read. So Right, exactly. Yeah. Then I'll have more options and yes. answers to that question, but not right now. How oh, about you? Good. I am reading something for fun right now. Um, not that the podcast reading isn't also fun, but so far... The books that we have in place are books that we've already read, so we're rereading them at the moment. But I am currently reading... Not true reading... for me for Daisy Jones. Oh, that's right. That's yep. right. Okay. But right now I'm reading The Maidens by Alex... I, th- I think his last name is Michaelitis. Michaelitis. Are we screwing up an author's name right away? No. Well, <laughs> it's a hard name to say. Okay. It's very... I think it's very... I think it's Greek. Okay. But um, he wrote... I don't know if you read it, The Silent Patient? Okay, that was a good book. Um, but The Maidens is basically um, a story about um, a murder that happened at the Cambridge campus in London. Or I'm sorry, not London, England. And uh, it's got a secret society involved in it and in, uh, a professor that's kind of shady and sexy at the same time. So it's interesting. It's is pretty it good. Set now? Or yeah, it's a, it's, a, current? Yeah, it's a current book. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm about halfway through, so we'll see. I don't, I don't think I like it as much as I like the silent patient yet, but we'll see anyway. Cool. Yeah. Prologue section. Um, so basically, uh, we read for this episode, a book called the hating game by Sally Thorne. Uh, the hating game was published in, on August 9th, 2016. And, um, currently there is a movie about to be released, which yes. is fun. Yeah. Movie date. Movie date. Yeah. Soon. Right. The Friday. I want to say Friday. This okay. coming Friday, December 10th. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So after or before this will even actually be heard by anybody. Exactly. But Perfect. Exactly. Um, so the synopsis for The Hating Game, uh, Lucinda Hutton grew up on a strawberry farm and Joshua Templepin in a family of doctors. So they work together at the book publishing firm in the city. They love to hate each other. They spend their days arguing and threatening to complain to HR about one another. But when a new high-powered job opens at the firm, The Hating Game is truly on and Lucy and Josh compete to prove that they are the right person for the job. After a scandalous dream and a confusing yet incredibly sexy elevator ride, it's clear there might be more feelings involved between the two of them than hate. In the midst of the job competition, the firm participates in a successful corporate retreat at a paintball course, but things get feverish when Lucy comes down with the flu. The walls start coming down when Josh takes it upon himself to spend half of the weekend taking care of Lucy and she sees a different side of him that she's not sure she's ready to see. Once she is recovered, it's hard for Lucy to see Josh as a person to hate, and instead, the two begin a tension-filled flirtation. Clink, clink, ah! So, the cocktail that we're drinking yeah, is called the Lucy. It sure is. It's the way we tied it in. It is uh, raspberry vodka and a homemade simple syrup with lemon thyme, which lemon is thyme. apparently a thing. Never knew it existed. Nope. And a bit of lime seltzer, and it is quite refreshing it is very extremely delicious yes good summertime drink yeah but you know what i mean it works for my closet or post thanksgiving closet drinking absolutely i like it (laughs) it's it is very enjoyable and you know we're gonna post some pictures up on our socials afterwards so right now we're gonna throw out a general spoiler warning for the book because we're gonna talk about the book we are going to spoil the book we are gonna dive deep into what happened, how how everybody ended up at the end of the book. So if you have not read it yet, please stop here and uh, read the book first and then come back to this episode. Yes. 
all of that. <laughs> and also, uh, if you were hoping that this was going to be something to get you to read the book and you're going to kind of listen to it and be like, oh, they sold me on that book and now I'm going to read it. It's going to do this. the opposite. Yeah. It's really going to do the opposite. You're going to be like, why do I need to read the book? This is basically this all reaction all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's jump into our story, Katie. What was your overall impression of the book? I love this book. I really do. It's it's a chiclet book, but it's not the typical chiclet book where it's all somebody pining for somebody and all doughy eyes yes. and yeah. all sorts of awkward situations that they get thrown into. Um, what about you? This is one of my favorite books. But not in the top 20. Not in the top 20 of, you <laughs> know, five. the crazy books that I have. It would it would probably come in at 21, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, I've read this book. This is actually um, in pre- preparation for this episode. This is the third time I've read the book. Um, and I still feel things about it. I absolutely love and adore this book. It's um, a very sexy book. Like, constant tension sexual tension yes that doesn't let up the entire time which i love even when they're just sitting in the car and then somebody drums their fingers on the other person's thigh you're like oh Oh, god right that is super nice i like (laughs) that um yeah so yeah this is one this is one of my favorite books to read especially you know if i'm if i'm bored i'm like oh i might as well just at least the elevator scene i'm gonna read the elevator scene (laughs) always read the elevator scene absolutely yes was there anything about the book that you didn't like particularly or yes i did not particularly care for how clingy lucy is at certain points in time she seems extremely desperate um the scene where he is back from the gym and he says give me two hours and she's already there and she like jumps on him like and then like she's a monkey yes he basically (laughs) wears her like a monkey or a backpack or a child in a backpack and she's just like i don't i i don't know visually like i don't know on the page that probably doesn't play as awful as it would on screen i I, like because there's a movie coming out on this i don't know that i want to see that happen on screen you know what i mean like i don't think it would be cute in a movie it would be way less sexy than i want it to be yeah (laughs) for sure yes Um, it'll be interesting to see if it's in there yeah, I think so, too. And I think there's probably going to be a lot of things that um, Lucy-wise, uh, clingy-wise, desperation-wise, that's probably going to be cut from the movie. And it's probably for the better. Um, not saying that I don't like Lucy as a person, but I do think that she comes off a little bit of, um, yeah, desperate in a way. I mean, you can tell that she hasn't had a boyfriend in a very long time. Um, I what's don't your, know. What's your sense of how long she's lived there? In New York City? Yes. So she's 28 in the book. So I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't, they don't mention college at all. So I have no idea if she came here to New York City from wherever the wherever the strawberry farm was. Yep. Um, if she came here for college or if it was just after college because she wanted to move to, a, she wanted to work for a publishing company. Right. Um, and obviously that's big time in New York City. Okay, now you keep saying New York City. Yeah. One of the things that I wrote down to ask you, does it actually take place in New York City? I'm fairly certain that they mention the city. They mention the city, but do they actually say New York City? Because at some point I was like, hmm, thinking about it. And I'm like, they don't. So I listened to the audio version for this. Um, I had loaned out my copy to a neighbor to read um, 
because I do that with all of the books that I really like. I'm constantly giving people books to read. Um, and then I got to the point in time where I needed to, to do my pod work homework <laughs> and uh, got not so much. I didn't want to ask for it back, basically, because I was like, I don't want to right. take it back. Yeah. Um, but for one of the book club books, I had signed up for an app subscription for audiobooks. Right. Because um, I'm in my car a lot, and mm-hmm. I usually listen to podcasts. Yep, same. But then I particularly don't like listening to audiobooks. I don't like, I like the physical book. I've told you that. Yes. Um, yeah. But I accidentally uh, paid for an additional month of the app after the book club, which I had no intention of doing. I wanted yeah. to cancel it. And then when I needed to get to this book, I started listening to the audio version. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get my $9.99 worth. Um, <laughs> it was read not with a British accent. But at some point, I kind of went, is this in the UK or is this in the US? So the author, Sally Thorne, is a, I don't know if she is Australian, but she lives in Australia. So I didn't even think Australia either. Yeah, she lives in Australia. At least that's what the blurb on the back of the book says. But to me, the book takes place in the United States. That's okay. just the way it comes off to me. Okay. Um, typically, when you have like a... A, like a UK book. There was, yeah, there there's no always something. There's no mom. Yeah, Lou. like, oh, mommy or, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, there were no trigger words. I I, I want to say that this book is Amer- like American. I want to say it's U- United States based. Um, And I guess it's just my personal feeling that it's New York City. But I don't know if that's really the case. I guess you're right. I don't know if there's anything in there that says this takes anything place in Manhattan. about the state or, right. yeah. Right. Random thought I had at some point. I no, was like, oh. I, I like that thought because you're you're probably right. Unless I go through and like inch by inch and just say, oh, there it is. There's Manhattan. That's why I think it takes place in New York City. So you're right. It could take place in any city in the country, I guess. Publishing houses. So, you know, right. New York. Right. New York City <laughs> would probably be a big uh, top choice anyway. Um, is there anything in the book that you did not like? Um, I think that... The only thing that I don't like about it, this is going to sound so horny of me, but <laughs> <laughs> it takes them way 300 pages to have sex. Way too long. Like this book is 369 pages long and they don't start having sex until I want to say like page 309, which is kind of insane. It's great tension wise like building that tension and it doesn't bother me while reading it but at the same time i'm like oh my god just fuck already please you know what i mean I like it. i do yes it's i don't know that there's any book i've ever read that when you know especially in i don't i want to go into series because in series they can they can drag that sexual tension out for books on books on books but like in a standalone novel where you know the people are going to be having sex at some point. I mean, if it's oh, not obviously obvious, it's obvious. Yes. Yeah. Like, why Why wait until that long to actually do the deed? Because then, you know, the book, like I said, it starts at, like, page 300, 100, and then the book is ended at 369. That's just not enough pages of sex, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> there's just not enough and sex it is, happening. It is very well-written sex, too. It's it not, is, there's, it there's is so no well-written sex. awkward words where you're like, yes. ew, yes. that was a turnoff. And it also was very, like, it was also written very well in the sense that it's still, even though 
it's not exactly the way like two people for the first time are going to be having sex. It still was realistic. You know what I mean? Like sex can be very awkward and weird. And which I think she does call out in the book. She does. She definitely does. She definitely does. And like they make it that way. And um, it's good because I, I want it to be realistic. I don't want it to be porn star like you know this is what this right. is gonna be right but throbbing yeah. members exactly such. you're throbbing <laughs> members yeah no i don't want to hear about that i don't want to hear about that but yeah i think that's probably my only gripe about the book is that it just takes too long and josh puts her off a little bit too long i'm just like she obviously wants the d can you just give it to her yeah, well I, that's the that was the one thing i didn't the first time i read it i i, I didn't really understand that about him like i he's a guy yeah and I guess that's kind of the point is to make him different. And like, obviously he's been loving her forever. Right. So he wanted it to be special and not just a one night stand and stuff like that. But it's still the amount of restraint he had when she was basically clingy and throwing herself at him Mm -hmm. to just be like, nope, I'm going to walk you out the door. Bye. I think it was probably the best choice for him because he knew that he had to get Lucy to understand in a way, like she she really wanted this or thought that this was just going to be a one time thing. They were going to have sex. They were going to get out of their system and it was never going to happen again. And Josh knew he has been in love with this woman for the last three years. Did it say three years? I think it was three years. I think okay. it, that the the idea was that they they merged um three years prior and um that's a long time to stare at somebody time. a long time to stare at somebody. And when we say stare at somebody. The way that this is described is they are sitting outside of their the two CEOs office. They're literally just face to face, like one desk here, one desk here. And the way, the description of the building too is so strange. Like it sounded like everything is shiny. Everything is shiny and metallic and like mirrored. Fingerprints so, like, everywhere. Yes, you can look your you can like look at the wall and you're basically looking at Josh as well. Like yeah. I mean, it's so you you can't get away from it. So for her not to understand that this person was in love with her for this long is kind of crazy to me. Or he's just a ridiculously good actor. I don't understand how he could not smile. Like, Same. if you love someone, how do you stare yeah. at them and not smile? I think that he was just really um, put off by her in a way. Like, he, after their first interaction, when she walks in and he's staring out the window and, you know, he turns around and she says, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Lucy. And he looks into those robin's egg blue eyes and falls immediately in love and then he realizes oh shit i can't really do this i have a girlfriend right now you know that kind of thing he turns around and she immediately took that as wow this guy hates a me dick. he's a dick i don't he doesn't like me for some reason i'm too short and cute like whatever you know and um i think that she immediately took that to heart and i want to say i want to say it's it's her fault that they don't become friends because she took it the wrong way she did take it the wrong way. Um, she not the right way until the end. Right, <laughs> so three hundred and nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but she, I think that she just enjoy. I think they both really enjoyed the games yes. too. Yeah. And I, it, at some point, I thought the way that they were talking towards the end about the games and which game are we going to play, which game are we going to play, I felt like up until that point that all the games were kind of in her head. Mm-hmm. As far as actually being, you know, the staring game. Right. Um, and, and it just, I don't really know what made me think that, <laughs> but the fact that he starts listing out, like, some of the rules, and I was like, 
oh, he did know that they were just playing the staring game and that this is the game that they're playing. And yes. They, and, and I yeah. just, I don't know. Well, I think after three years of staring at somebody, you probably realize, okay, this bitch is playing the staring game. Like, she's literally, I'm not allowed to smile or, or, or blink yeah. because that's what we're doing. But I do think you're right. I think that she is the one who set those parameters and was like, I'm just going to stare at him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And like, I I don't want to say that it was, you know, those games were happening in her head, but she manifested all of that. That's true. You know, mm -hmm. she manifested all that. Um, I do want to point out really quickly um, that I, I think it's delicious. No, it is. It is absolutely delicious. It's so refreshing. <laughs> um, I do want to read the first, I think, two paragraphs of the first chapter, because I just thought that this is the way to start a book yes. and immediately like yep. drags in. you in. It's like it's one of those books that you're like, wow, OK, I want to know exactly what's going to happen. So are you OK if I read it? Please. All right. So chapter one starts. I have a theory. Hating someone feels disturbingly similar to being in love with them. I've had a lot of time to compare love and hate, and these are my observations. Love and hate are visceral. Your stomach twists at the thought of that person. The heart in your chest beats heavy and bright, nearly visible through your flesh and clothes. Your appetite and sleep are shredded. Every interaction spikes your blood with a dangerous kind of adrenaline, and you're on the brink of fight or flight. Your body is barely under your control. You're consumed, and it scares you. Both love and hate are mirror versions of the same game, and you have to win. Why? Your heart and your ego. Trust me, I should know. Like, I love that. In. It immediately pulls you in. And even the second and third time reading it, I was like, yup, this is great. I, yep. want, I want more of this. Which is interesting. So I, I do... I, I love the beginning of this book too mm -hmm. um but as you just read it now after finishing rereading it i'm like hmm, she doesn't lose her appetite ever like she's no, an eater she's and an eater, i yes. love her for that yeah yeah she basically in every scene of this book she's eating something yes uh, a donut uh, a macaroon or whatever yeah. she's always Croissant. eating something yeah. yes <laughs> which is great you don't get that a lot. Every time you see like a tiny little girl, it's um she doesn't eat, you know, whatever. Here's my salad. Yeah, yeah, we Which don't want salads, that. Salads are good, but you know, Sa I mean, salads can be good, I guess, but <laughs> mostly I think it's like eating grass and dirt. I mean, <laughs> that's just how I feel when I eat a salad. I can't yeah, help it. <laughs> uh, that's true. Anyway, what about the writing style of the book, Katie? Like, how do you? I mean, this is basically just one narrator. This is all just Lucy. So we're not seeing any side of Josh other than what Lucy sees of Josh. Right. Um, I liked it. I think it worked really well for this because you didn't know that he was totally in love with her. Right. And I feel like if it was one of those books where it goes back and forth chapter to chapter. We would chapter, know immediately. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The fact that he's like, it actually would be interesting to have her come back out and write like, his side of the yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally, I would totally read that a hundred percent, but it would probably just be a lot of, a lot of lovesickness. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yep. he would just be very much, uh, I don't know if, if he, he would pay as much attention to what she, though in the book, it does say that he's paying a lot of attention to what she's wearing because he, he remembers down what super... she's wearing, yeah. which is almost creepy, but it's a little creepy, but I think, I think that it's only creepy in the sense that if, first of all, if somebody knew about it. And secondly, I just feel like it was a way for him to, like, not go crazy with his his love and emotions for her. It was just a way for him to say, okay, oh, Lucy wore this dress that I really like today. You know what I right. what I mean? He I is, mean, he is a he is like a very figure guy too. So yes. it's a, st a it is a statistic. A statistic. That he's yes, keeping, exactly. Which he does say he almost wanted to put out a results or something like that. Right, right, like yeah. probabilities and stuff yeah. and whatever. But um I mean it, it was funny cuz you know like 
she was doing the same thing and we were just we were witnessing it we were witnessing she knew that on this day josh is going to wear this color shirt and if it's not this color shirt then it's this color shirt you know white off-white exactly pale yellow yes. mustard yellow yeah robin's egg blue yep payday black you know yep. that kind of thing all right so one other thing about the formatting i did tell you already that i listened to this in the audiobook um i think part of the reason i don't like audiobooks is it's one person mm -hmm. typically that's doing the narration of the right. book um and then and they making, do like, voices. voices. Yeah, yeah, I hate the voices. So she had this this French voice for Elaine, her boss, which actually was kind of <clears> cute <throat> and sweet. But then her fat little dick Richard Buxley voice was like, oh, God. And I was like, ah. <laughs> um, but then there was a lot of times where it was Lucy and Lucy in her mind and then also talking to Josh. And it was difficult to tell sometimes what was being said as part of the book and what was part of the actual dialogue okay so it, like the so narration like, of the book versus like you know what's between in her the narration mind. of her head and like, yeah yes, what's in her mind yeah. and what she's actually saying out loud because she didn't give her a voice because it it's all in her voice yes um so that was that was a couple of things there was a couple times where i was like i wish i had been actually physically reading it so yeah. i could tell which but i think that's one i am not an audiobook reader listener rather um i want to say that in the past i don't know year I have only listened to two books and it was, be it was because book of book club yeah. um, because, you know, I'm reading something else and I just don't have the time to also read that one specific thing, but I want to get it done. I don't want to go to book club, not having read the book, but um, I don't enjoy listening to them because basically because of that. I mean, sometimes you're just not certain whether something is dialogue or whether it's just narration of the book, internal yep. dialogue, yep. and it's it can be very frustrating. And um, I want to say that happened with the last book club book I did. I was just like, I don't like this very much. So I'm much more of a a visual person. I have to see the words on the page, and that that that's just me. I will. So in that same vein, notes for this book, I don't know. It, it's not like I have I don't have a photographic memory, but when I read the words on the page, I can figure out and remember like which part of the page mm -hmm. those words were on. Okay, sort of, so I can yeah. scroll back and know that it's either the left side or the right side, and how far down the page it is if I'm going to look for yeah. something specific. Um, I don't remember page numbers or anything like that, right. which would actually be helpful. But it's easier than the notes that I was taking for this book, where I would just scribble down something, yeah. and then have to try to figure out what I meant from my scribble because I was right. probably driving and writing at the same time. I think I have something like that with books too, where I don't want to say photographic memory because that's just not the case. Right. Like I will read books and I read several books in a month. And then next month I'll look at that list and say, I don't remember what the hell happened in that book. But at the same time, I can remember what I was doing or like the time yes. of or day that I was reading this book. Yes. Or any other sense. Yep. Exactly. If there's a conversation that yes. happens in the middle of it and then you're, yep. Right. But ask me what that book was about and I probably am going to mesh it with several other books yeah. because I just yep. don't remember. Yeah. Which is why I love books because you can reread them and not know what happened basically like it might come back to you at some point but at the same time you're always going to find something different and new and that's what I love about that so I don't ever like rereading books mm -hmm. ever 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 so the fact that I did for this mm -hmm. you know reading books with my kids that I've already read is one thing right because that's it's still somebody else that's experiencing it new but on your own for fun but on my own for fun I don't want to read another book that yeah. I've read or read a book that I've already read 
partly because there's so many other books that I want to read. Right. And partly because I start getting this deja vu. Oh, wait, I know what's going to happen. Oh, wait, I know what's going to happen. Right. Right. And maybe it's not as immediate of, you know, I remember the exact order of all of their hookups and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but... It's still enough that I'm like, all right, that's where it's going. All right, that's where it's going. It's not as enjoyable for me. I can say rereading this book, um, obviously I knew knew everything and where it was going. But I will tell you this time again, I was certain that there was sex before the sex happened. (laughs) I was like, wow, like they really wait a long goddamn time. Like, I mean, women are wearing out their vibrators with this fucking book. I'm telling you. So speaking of that, let's go right into that elevator scene. Oh, yes. The elevator scene. I can remember. So the first time I read this book, um, somebody had read it before me and they told me, like, you're going to you're going to you're going to love this scene. And basically a quick a quick little synopsis of this scene is Lucy has told Josh that she has a date and it's the end of the day and Josh doesn't believe that she has a date. He believes or thinks she's trying to make him jealous in some way. And um, technically, that's how it started out. But during the day, Lucy did find somebody to take her on a date. Uh, So they get in the elevator at the end of the day and Josh hits the emergency stop. And you can just imagine basically what happens then. Uh, I'm hoping that the movie does this well, because this is my favorite scene of the book. I will say that the trailer for the movie, her dream that she has about him, that plays out fantastic on the trailer. So I feel like they're going to nail the elevator scene. I hope so. I really do. More than Josh and Lucy actually do. I, yeah. No banging in the elevator. No banging in the elevator. It's just very, a lot of sexual tension. His, his fingers gripping her thighs and calves, which is hot as hell when you hear, when you read it on the page. Um, Not so much with the audio, but eh. It was oh, good enough. Yeah, yeah that's enough. probably tough. But um, yeah, I can remember. So the second time I read this book was for book club and it was the book that I picked. And of course, I knew it was coming. And one night I was I was laying in bed reading and I had just started it. And I said to my friends who were reading it for the first time, I'm like, after they read it, I'm like, I could not fall asleep that night until I got past the elevator scene because I knew it was coming and I knew I just had to read it again. You know what I mean? Mm. And that happens about 60, 60 chapter, pages Chapter in. six. It's pretty early. Yeah, it's pretty early on. Um, I mean, we already, we certainly know that they seem to very much dislike each other. And then as soon as they get into this elevator, it's like, hello. Just kidding. I don't hate you at all. Yeah. But remember... Josh says something to Lucy to kind of set off this whole thing. She has the dream about him because they're going for the same job. And Josh says, if I get the job, I'm going to work you so fucking hard. Yep. And imagine if a hot guy said that to you. Yep. Like, I mean, obviously she's going to have a hot dream about this guy. Right. It's impossible not to. Uh, Seriously. I mean... Every single time that those words were written or said, it was like goosebumps. Yes, absolutely. Like immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's basically what kicks off the whole elevator scene. And um, then I think it's a little sad part of the book because after the elevator scene and she's like, she's yelling at him. Of course, I have a date. You totally fucked me up. Like this is now it's in my head, whatever. Um, and it kind I don't want to say it ruins her date, but definitely she could have fallen for this other guy. And she immediately was like, Josh, 
it's Josh now, you yeah. know? Yes. Even though she didn't want it to be, yeah. even though she wasn't, right, didn't want that to happen. But I do like the fact that he did tell her, still go on your date. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one where they had the whole the whole conversation about kiss him. That's the second date. The second That's date. the second date, yeah. But I like that he did that and was just like, if if you think this is what's going to work, go ahead. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm offering you. Right. That elevator scene. Yeah. And now you're going to go on a date with this guy and this good puny, luck. puny little guy looks yeah. nothing like me. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, no, I, I agree. So. <laughs> I do love that this book is about books and publishing houses. Yeah, me too. And me too. the two houses are so different from each other. Like, yes. the, the people that work there, their books, their... All of the things about publishing houses mm-hmm. that can be opposite and, right. and it, you know, not to take a hard left from the elevator scene, but Josh and Lucy are definitely opposites. Absolutely. But not. Lucy is like that kind of um, um, eclectic. Uh, she, you know, probably goes to vintage stores to buy her dresses, you know. And... Yeah, she said something about having the, the websites. Yes. I think. Yeah, exactly. And and Josh comes in dressed to the nines every day, like he works on Wall Street. Hugo Boss is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. yeah. Is Hugo Boss a New York City company? Because that might be a clue <laughs> that he buys his clothes from Hugo Boss. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. know. We're gonna have to find out about this whole New York City thing and where this takes place. And I also want to know where her parents farm is strawberries like we can grow strawberries here yeah so maybe it's just maybe it's like an upstate thing but it does say she has to fly she has to fly to go home right i wonder Um, where the most strawberries are grown i feel like it's a california thing i was gonna say i i was gonna say southern but i don't know i have no idea We'll look that up. Know nothing about agriculture in the United States. I couldn't tell you. If we can get a ding in from our producer at this point in time to let us know, Ooh, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks, Chris. Ding. Producer Chris here. The extra location of the hating game is inconclusive, but I did find a tweet thread where Sally Thorne, in response to a now-deleted tweet, said, quote, it's actually set wherever you think it is, in your imagination, end quote. That said, Hugo Boss has locations in every major metropolitan area, and according to Wikipedia, strawberries can be grown basically anywhere. So for our sake, let's imagine this takes place in Schenectady. Okay, back to the show. Okay. Um, there's, um, there's a line that I like in the book, um, and it's on page 72, and it says, um, hating someone is exhausting. And obviously that's, that's a true statement. And it could, just like in the beginning of the book, that could also be tied into loving someone as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it takes all of you. Yep. It takes every single ounce that you have. Your energy. Of your and, energy. And especially your focus, in, too. Especially in the beginning, when you're first, like, falling for someone. It's very much um, all-consuming, you know? Um, so I thought that that was kind of a, a cool line. I like that a lot. I also like the scene of the book where they are going to do their um corporate retreat thing and they do the paintball thing yes and lucy gets super sick yes and i just thought that was kind of a funny metaphor in a way like she's getting like deathly ill while she's also like obviously falling in love with this guy like love sickness almost you know what i mean it is but it's a real sickness (laughs) right but she also doesn't even want to be there because it's it was his idea it was his idea yeah but grudgingly she under she realizes at the end like this is actually kind of fun and people really enjoyed it and it brought them together yes so yeah it, it was that was a fun scene and 
especially the stuff afterwards because Lucy's very ill and then Josh takes her home and Sora's t-shirt yeah, I the, love that and yeah when she, when she first realized that he had changed her top yeah. I was like "Ooh, it's like, again almost bordering on creepy a little bit but she had a bra and so yes. it wasn't like yeah he's you know completely she's knocked out and yeah he's... and it was like he was trying to make her comfortable right she was sweating through these clothes because she was like you know it had a fever, fever of like yeah. 104 degrees yeah. which basically i think she should have been in the hospital I think that, yeah i think that there's a certain number that you get to like 104 as an adult yes and that's scary yes like as a child i think your temperature can get a little bit higher but as an adult if your temperature is at 104 go to the friggin' hospital guys mm-hmm. okay don't just wait around at home don't pretend like it's friday night and there's no doctor that's going to be available you just go right call like go to freaking the emergency room they're open all the time okay yep. that's like you know night, that's your medical advice from sarah and katie <laughs> aren't a lot of urgent cares open kind of late too well Those yeah like but evening like hours right they're not overnight I, personally i just think if you have a 104 fever you mm-hmm. probably should be going to the emergency room agreed they need to admit you you need some fluids yes. and stuff yes. okay all right just letting y'all know all right anyway. <laughs> go to the doctor mm-hmm. um sometime right after that i think uh, she sends the flowers to him with the little note that says that she wants more than his body. Hang on. I have it flagged. Well, he sends the flowers first. Yes, but she doesn't even know that they're yeah, him. Yeah, that was annoying. That was really stupid of her. I'm sorry. It that was. was very stupid of her. Josh sends her flowers and says that she's beautiful, and she thinks they come from the other guy, the, the nice guy she guy. went on, to the date, on the date with. And that's just like, Lucy, what? As a reader, you're just like, come on. Of course that that was that was sent from Josh after the I, elevator. Right. I totally agree with you. And then if you don't get it at that point, when he does give you flowers and he gives you daisies, you don't usually go from roses to daisies. Right. If you're going to go roses, you're going to probably stick with roses. Right. Exactly. Unless you know daisies are her favorite, which, I mean, daisies are my favorite, so I'd prefer those Pretty. over roses. Yeah. See, I think, like, roses is a little bit of a cliche. Like, it I'm is. a lilies girl. John John knows to get me lilies if he's going to buy me flowers. You come at me with roses, I'm going to be like, what the hell? What'd you do? I don't like that. No. I don't like that. <laughs> no, no a girl's favorite flower. That's all I'm saying. How about, um, just really quickly, Lucy's connection with her parents? It's very, very, uh, I don't want to say strained. I feel like she she assumed that her mom was miserable. She did. And then just had never asked her. Never asked her. But also from everything that she said, there was never a point in time where it was really clear that her mom was unhappy. Right. So, you know, she's got the blog and I think the blog was satisfying her in, yes. in that side of her. Absolutely. The journalistic yeah. sense of her. Yes. Um, she I, didn't settle. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think it's adorable that her dad constantly called him the wrong name and like multiple different names in one conversation i just thought that was hilarious i think that was one of my favorite parts of the book i actually i actually highlighted a section where um she's telling josh about the j names and she says he once called you jebediah and i nearly peed myself i laughed (laughs) out loud sitting downstairs like the kid what what i'm just like i'm just reading relax (laughs) but um i laughed out loud at that i thought that was hilarious because jebediah jebediah is an an amazing name uh Uh, it's biblical a lot of people and it's hilarious Mm -hmm. like it just it's funny when you when you put it in that context um I i i loved her relationship with her parents in the sense that yeah you can tell that they talk a lot but she hasn't seen them in 18 months. She didn't go home for Christmas. She's not going home for holidays right. because she feels like she can't take the time. She can't take the time from work. And um that first of all, 
that that kind of whole situation bugs me out. I could go I could talk for hours about how I think that our capitalist society like puts way too much focus on on working and being physically present at exactly. work too and not telecommuting and right. such. Correct. When you have a family at home that you should be like we should be focusing more on that kind of thing. And um this society focuses way too much on the fact that we need to be Eight hours at work, uh, seven or six. Uh, sorry, five days a week, not seven or six. I hope not. God, that would be terrible. Yeah. Oh, thank God, we're not in North Korea here. Thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, even even still, it's a lot. You know, we're at work eight hours a day, and you're home with your kids for if it's a, if it's during school hours, you're probably home with your kids for three or four hours before they're going to bed and then you're going to bed and then you're getting up and doing it all over again. Right. And none of the time is enjoyable because in the no. morning all you're doing is harping on them to get ready to go to school. Exactly. And then you come home and you're harping on them to do their homework, do their homework or get ready for Take dinner. a shower. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's... you're making dinner and then all of a sudden it's over and done with and you're like, well, that was yes. not enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Um, you know... It's just, that's one of those things that's just really frustrating to me. And reading that section of the book where she's, I, I just cannot believe a person who misses their family that much hasn't been home in 18 months. Right. Like what? And her boss is very sweet and, and nice. lenient. And I feel like if she easy, even remotely hints the fact that she wants to go home, yeah. Helene's going to encourage her, which even when she did, she did that. Yes. And then Helene was like, go. Yeah. No, for go. real, go. Yeah, go for real. you need to take time off. Yes. When so you why didn't you do this? Right. Why didn't you do that right. before? I just, I think it's like a little, it's something in Lucy's head telling her that she can't. I think that a lot of the stuff that she does, too, is all computer-based. Like, otherwise, they wouldn't be up in this office where it's just the two of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can't get whatever your boss needs at the drop of right. a hat if you're not physically there. But she could take a laptop and go and do some of her work at her parents. She's not going to spend all day the entire time that she's there. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she could go and, and, and put in some work if she feels like she's yeah. so scared about falling behind. But well, this book obviously took place before COVID. Well, so there wasn't a lot of telecommuting going on back then. Yeah. <laughs> or not as go much into a anyway. whole nother podcast on telecommuting <laughs> and how I had a whole conversation with one of my friends about how successful we were in everything in our lives for the period of time where we were telecommuting, where mm -hmm. it's just basically... I can throw a load of laundry in and then right. go back to my desk and I can answer my emails. And, and this goes back to that conversation yeah. about spending more yes. time at home yeah. and with your family and doing things that you need and to do. And putting food in the crock pot instead yes. of having to remember to do it before I leave for exactly. work. I can do it at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's still going to be good for dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. All of that. But it's I'm frustrating. Stop on but that. yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's something that's, again, another yeah. another conversation. Yeah. But um, anyway, I do have something to say about... Um, Josh's parents. Okay. They're shitty. Well, the mom isn't shitty. The, the dad mom's is not shitty. Fucking shitty. The dad is a douchebag. Yeah. Um, But I love the fact, I think I love it, that she used the same name for Josh's mom as her boss. So it. No. Yes. Josh's mom's name is Elaine. And so is her boss. Her name is Helene. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's Helene. No, it's not. I wrote -E down Elaine. Well, then I can't hear shit when I'm <laughs> listening to the audiobook. Here we go. That's like one of those things. That's why the reading it in physical presence is just like you pick up on those little things. But yeah, if the person who was reading it on the audiobook narrating it sounds like sounded she said like Elaine. she's saying Elaine, then that's huh. yeah. So so they're not the same. But no. in my mind, they were, and I kind of really liked the parallel of 
Josh's mom and her boss being the same kind of person to me. Like, they both seem like she's a doctor and not probably as free spirit as Helene. Helene. Right. But it's, like, mind-boggling right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like they both really, really loved Lucy and they wanted her to do well and they want her to strive. Definitely. And, you know, one's at work and one's in a relationship. But they both seemed like that mother mothery nurturing type yeah. person and i was like oh that's cool that she used the same name nope yeah and it, it's neat that like it's neat that um josh's mom like immediately takes to her and is like but i i do think that the reason why she immediately took to her is because she knows automatically i've heard josh talk about this girl for several years right it's obvious she's in, he's in love with her um, so I'm going to make an effort. Right. I want to meet this woman. I want to see wh- why my bu- my son is in love with this woman right. and why he hasn't dated a single person from For, when he yeah. dumped this <sighs> other girl to her. You know, it's it's insane. Also, um, what a terrible, terrible situation to have happened to you. Like, So wh- what are you referring to? Are you referring <laughs> to the wedding itself? I'm referring to the fact that your ex starts dating your brother and then they get married like that's just it's weird so i think i agree I'm with not that. saying it can't happen i'm sure it happens and yeah. it's it's just i think that it would be like i mean you you break up with somebody you never want to see them again not all of a sudden they're your sister-in-law yeah or brother-in-law all right so let's talk about the whole wedding thing um josh wedding... was fucked for not telling her yes yeah, that was that. That's another part about the book that I actually he, did not like at all. He could have. He had so many opportunities to tell her and warn her about what he was walking into. She specifically asks, "Is there anything that's awkward that I need to know that about?" I need to know uh, about. Yeah, yeah. I dated the bride yeah. who is now marrying. Yeah, my, remember that my tall brother. blonde I was talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's her. It's her. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the fact that Lucy doesn't understand that pretty quickly is kind of like a little thing, but um, it, it did frustrate me the whole time reading that whole set that whole section is like he has so many opportunities to warn her and tell her before Mindy the bride comes up to her yeah and and says something so like this bad news is being told to a a guest at the wedding who wasn't even invited to the wedding it's a plus one yeah by the bride who then has to feel bad about giving that information on out on her wedding day on her wedding day she she's got to feel shitty about that really shitty like that's just he put too many people in a shitty situation there because how does his how do his parents not know that she lucy doesn't know this situation yet you know what i mean like anybody could have broken this news to her and she would have been pissed off um did i think that like she went a little bit overboard in the being pissed off a little bit i think yeah i would have been really upset about it but at the same time after hearing his explanation for why, like it, it totally didn't makes matter to him. Yeah, it makes everything more understandable as yes. to why he didn't want to go. Like it's not just his piece of crap dad. It's his yeah. The, the whole thing is yeah. awkward. But say, with that being said, the reason why he really didn't want to be at this wedding was his dad. It had nothing to do really with right. his brother and the wife, and that's why that's why he didn't tell Lucy about that part. I think because. It was so far back in his mind and like so like he had gotten over that a long time ago that it just wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yes. But you know what? If she wrote a book from Josh's perspective, we would totally know. We would. Exactly. <laughs> Sally Thorne. Let's go. Write a book from Josh Templeton's uh, um, point of view, please, because yeah. we want to hear that. <laughs> yes. Um, I do. 
absolutely enjoy the whole scene where she's ripping his dad a new one, basically. Yes. And I, I that's might be one of the quotes that I marked is I am Laura Craft, guns raised, yes. eyes blazing with retribution. And yes. I was like, yes. It's almost, it's funny though because it's like, oh, like she just met these people. And, like, she is sated from a night of just, like, sex. Just, like, sex all night long. They they fight. Then they get back. They, they And 300 pages of it, tension. 300 pages of tension. Finally built up. She's had lots of orgasms this night. And then she comes out guns blazing in the morning mm-hmm. and yells at the dad. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like she – almost like her blossoming and, like – this is this is the person I'm meant to be. And it's because I don't want to say it's because of a guy. I want to say it's because she has real like he has helped her to kind of realize her potential and the kind of person that she could be if she just stood up for herself and not just herself which, in this which he did get her to that point in time. Exactly. Exactly. He helped her along. Um, so I I, I really like that part. I love that she basically ruins this breakfast Mm -hmm. by calling her his dad a bitch basically like why are you acting like this and it's the mom the mom (laughs) is eating it up she's like yeah no don't ever feel bad for standing up for my son you know so i did think that the dad kind of like like too quickly was like I want to hear more about I your want to hear more job. about your yeah, uh, I want to hear more damn. about the job, sir. Like, yeah, like that's where that's where like the length of the book could have been like even a little bit longer in a way. Like there's got to be more development there. It's not just but it's a romance book. It's not that stuff isn't Right. But in that same vein, I would have liked to see what happens when they go to Sky Diamond Strawberry same. Farm. Like, oh I my want God. her parents to meet yes. him and actually understand and see him and all of that. Like, well, that and I was, cool. I was thinking, like, you know, when I first read this book, I was like, there's got to be an epilogue. Like, he he asks her to marry him in the elevator when it's emergency yeah. stop. Yeah. Like, and I mean, we've all seen, you know, if you've watched Grey's Anatomy, like, elevator uh, proposals are so fucking played out. But it would have worked here really well. Yep. <laughs> I don't watch Grey's, but I gotcha. All right, you know, you see I'm sure you've seen something like that before. Every everything sexy and good happens in elevators and movies and TV shows. That's true. Yeah. When they're really just like this small little box on a cable. Yeah. That's kind of actually yeah. terrifying. But tell me that you don't get into an elevator and be like, oh, if a hot guy walked in here right now. Would I slam that stop button? <laughs> no, I wouldn't, right. but I'd think about it. Absolutely. It would go through your head. What if he slams the stop button? What yeah. happens then? Yeah. Anyway. Yep. But again, guys, they've known each other for three years at this point. So yeah. whatever. Um, uh, I think my last note that I have on this book that is not the mom's name is also Elaine, um, <laughs> <laughs> which goes way the hell back to when we were first talking about the, the way the book is set up. I, I do like that she puts the chapter breaks like in the middle of like a steamy part right. or a very intriguing or intense part. Yeah. And then you're just like, chapter 15 and you're like, God, I got to keep going, which you know it does and what's funny about that is like typically when that happens you think okay that action scene is over nope but that's what i liked about this because when you picked it up you're like oh shit they're still they're still going going at it Mm and that's cool i'll i'll read this all day like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um and i will say that when they finally do start having sex on you know page 309 uh, it's two chapters long. Like it's two chapters long that sex scene, which is fantastic. That includes the shower one too, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, it's not just the yeah, yeah, one yeah. sex. No. Yes. There's a couple of times that they have sex, but I like that it, it like, it keeps going yes. and it doesn't just, oh, they had sex. Okay. Now it's the next morning. Oh, they're going to go to breakfast. They're going to go to breakfast with Josh's parents. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, so here's a question about the book in general. Um, this was just a thought that I had. Who should have broken or, you know, can it be put on a certain person? Like, who should have broken that iciness between them first? Like, whose fault was it that they never really talked for three years, never really got to know each other for three years? I think it was Josh's because it's not like she was out dating other people and he was afraid of interfering with any kind of other relationship. Mm -hmm. But then again, at the same time, like maybe if she had been dating people, his jealousy would have gotten the better of him and he would have worn that green shirt, green shirt sooner. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth about this. I don't want to throw all of the, all the responsibility on Josh. Um, It's easy. It's easy to like blame him because a he's not the narrator, and all we're getting is Is her side. Is her side of the story. Um, But it's clear when she's interacting with him towards the end that again he's been in love with her for this long. He's the second he turned around and saw her smile at him. He was like, "This is the person I want to be with." Mm -hmm. What the hell? Like, I don't know that that happens in real life. You know what I mean? But um, if he hasn't fallen out of love with her in those three years that they actually interacted then obviously it was a real feeling but again we go back to the same thing that like lucy had i want to say that she was the perpetrator of all of these games that they play she was the one who started all of the games that they play that's my thought process on that she said immediately this guy hates me um so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna hate each other and i'm gonna make a game and this is gonna be my life now you know so I think I think I do think that Josh could have been more forward and forthcoming with her and maybe had just asked her out at some point, then this wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, she didn't really let him in enough to do that either. You know, she created this wall and it was just there. This is what we're going to do. Right. She was going under false assumption of the fact yes. that she hates him and she never actually asked him she never actually came out and asked and said why don't you like me yeah you know what i mean um at least she didn't in the span of the book and i assume they would have mentioned that if at some point she came out and said hey josh how come you don't like me at all you know yep so that's that part we have any um comments or questions so um obviously because we still haven't released an actual episode we do have questions, but they're from friends um, and uh, like book club members, basically. Um, And the one question I got that I really wanted to touch on today in this episode was one that we actually got for our previous episode. Um, And the question is from Stephanie and it is, uh, is the movie ever better than the book? What do you think, Katie? Uh, Yes, I think it is sometimes. Um, That said, I also hate seeing a movie that's based on a book without having read the book um i do like to have my own mental image of what i think the characters look like and then see how it portrays onto the screen right both the way you know the way the characters look and the rooms and scenes and how how that manifests on the screen um compared to what i put in my brain right um but i don't think movies ever have enough time to get into 
all of the parts of a book. Right. And sometimes that can be a good thing, in my opinion, because there are a lot of authors who are a little wordy. And, you know, they can go on for a couple of chapters where it's just like, okay, this this was unnecessary. That could have this been part was pages. unnecessary. Exactly. Um, and that's where some movies do can do uh, a better job than what the author could have done. However, no, the one book to movie adaptation um, that I actually liked the movie better than the book is The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. And personally, I like that movie better because it seemed more teenage than the book does so it's a young adult book basically and these kids are teenagers and john green just has this way of writing where like these teenagers would never say certain words you know what i mean like they have these conversations that like that's an adult conversation okay so it's just, he makes them older than they actually absolutely. are but then the movie actually kicked yes. it back to where they should have been correct yes and, and i thought the the movie was way better in getting across its point and um uh like just feelings emotion wise um and maybe that was the actors themselves that did that for me but the book itself i just everybody was obsessed with this book and i just didn't really care for it that much but i did like the movie did you have any um have you ever had the opposite happen where the movie is so terrible compared to the book yes yeah that would be the jody Pico book uh my sister's keeper um they fucked that movie up so bad they completely changed the ending, which uh, and made the book. They made it so the book, the point the book was trying to make, was just completely moot. It just, I don't know how else to explain that. It was just garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, movie makers, but it just was not good. <laughs> it wasn't good. Anyway, who, if we're talking about movies and we're talking about that because this book is is literally being made into a movie and it's coming out on friday this i can't wait to see it neither can i because we were reading this and we knew that a movie was coming out did you picture anybody different or were you picturing the characters that you know are going to be in this movie so um my my physical book is pre-movie tie-in but the audible version audio version it's not audible the (laughs) audio version is um, the movie tie-in so it actually has the actors on the cover okay quote, of the yeah. book um and i really like who they picked for lucy same i'm not 100 percent sold on josh i'll let you know after the movie if i th- yep. still think that yeah um and i don't know if it's because his name is josh but i the first time reading it definitely pictured josh Jamal. he was one of mine too he was one of mine too okay but I was picturing uh, John Krasinski. I love John Krasinski. Okay, see, I like him too, but I feel like he was not, he's not as purely handsome. Like, you have to enjoy him to find him attractive. I right. feel like we need somebody that's just chiseled and just... Okay, I'm just going to stop you right there, Katie. <laughs> like, if you have not watched the Amazon series, I think it's I think it's Jack Ryan. I might be wrong about that. I hope it's not. I hope I'm not. But... John Krasinski is a work of fucking art in that show. Okay. And he looks beautiful. And that's what I was picturing. Okay. That's exactly what I was picturing. And he's also got the height. He's got the height thing. Well, the height is key. Yes. Um, Yes. And then for for Lucy, if it wasn't, I don't, I'm not even sure. Lucy Hale is her name. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, the first time through, I think I pictured something more Rose McGowan type. Okay. Okay. Uh, Like, 
way back when because yes. Rose McGowan obviously is you a know. lot older at this point. Hi, I am old. I picture people no, like, I get from you. when I, I get was you. Yeah, no, <laughs> in I'm, my 20s yeah. as they were in their 20s. I totally understand that because I do the same thing. Um, reading it this, this time through, I definitely was just picturing Lucy Hale. And when I first heard that she was attached to this movie, I was like, I don't know about that. But then I couldn't also come up with somebody in my head that I was like, be this person would have been better to play that. Um, just seeing the trailer for the movie, I'm like, nope, she's going to do a great she's gonna, job. Yeah, like, she's she's super adorable. Yep. The little dress, the little black dress that she wears, she looks friggin' hot in that shit. So I think she's going to be fine. The flamethrower lips. Yeah. So I think seeing the movie will have to sell me on Josh a little bit as well. I, I'm not familiar with the actor at all, um, but he's not the conventional handsome as as conventionally handsome as I thought Josh Templeton would be. Right. Templeton. So. Templeman shit. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> epilogue. So we're moving on to the epilogue portion of the episode. And in that part, we're typically going to um, tell everyone what we are reading next time. What are we reading next time? We are reading Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Oh, yes. I haven't read this one. I'm quite excited. I have read it once and I fell in love with it. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Hope so. Now um, that I know which order books we're reading, I'm yes. going to start reading that one tonight. That's a good idea. Um, it's a story about a young girl who has this phenomenal singing voice, and she's kind of like this ethereal person. Um, everybody is like, "Oh, Daisy Jones, Daisy Jones!" Like you know, she's just that kind of person. She's almost like Beyonce of the 1960s okay. and 70s. Okay. Um, and she uh, uh, joins this band, and basically the book is. Um, almost like a Rolling Stones article, kind of the way it's written. It's fantastic. Um, they're talking to each member of the band and how they felt about one another and, you know, the ins and outs of of being in a band like that that got so popular and toured the world and everything. So. Okay. So we are going to have a cocktail for that, right? Yes, of course we All are. All right. Cocktail teasers. Clink, clink. Ah. So for our cocktail, we're going to have a rock and roll cocktail. But yes. To find out what the drink is actually going to be and the recipe, you should follow us on our social media. Yes. And we, you can find us at Instagram and Twitter right now. And that's at to be read pod at T-W-O-B-E-R-E-A-D-P-O-D. Follow us. Um, comment on stuff for us. We wanna we wanna hear from you if you're enjoying our episodes and if you are enjoying the cocktails and drinking along with us. Um, I must say that today's cocktail was absolutely delicious. I really enjoyed it. Was. It, it um, is. Yeah. So was round two. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Round two. We just started. Clink. <laughs> we uh, do want you to send us comments and questions about the book if you're reading it. If you. Uh, want to be part of our discussion we will yes we want reader questions so please we send them in give you shout outs when we get them you can also contact us at gmail um to be read podcast at gmail.com is our email yes. uh send us an email with any questions comments um anything at all and please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts uh and hopefully we will see you next time when you join us to make your to be red pile one book less yay thanks for listening everybody bye to be red is hosted by sarah westcott and katie willie produced edited and mixed by chris turro logo concept art by rhiannon kenfield graphic design by steve pius um i only know 
personally personally of like one book where I have said that's better. The movie is better than the book in okay. that situation. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've ever read. Oh, God. What's the book? The Jodi Cole No. One? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely. But that they, they made a change that I was just like. Oh, no, wait, no. That, that went the other changed. way. Yeah. That went the other way. Right? No. The book was way better. Okay. I hate this. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't like that. Hey, God. Hey, God. Because I fucked up.